today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. The Jew was very careful about mentioning the name of Yahweh in the synagogue. They would refer to Yahweh as Lord. Christians gave Jesus that title. He is the God of the Old Testament. He is the one who spoke to Moses in the burning bush. He is the one who led the Israelites through the desert. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our heads and It's important that we understand the incredible godliness of Christ. He isn't just a man who did good things. He is God that humbled himself to the level of man. Pastor Ed tells us that Jesus shows us the incredible essence of God. In his graciousness and goodness, he came down to the world as a man to be sacrificed for our sins. With no reason or need to do so, he became our Savior. Strive to be aware of the incredible goodness of God and thank him, for through him you are saved. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message, Have the Mind of Christ. Building in faith. You can't preach the gospel of Jesus Christ without the cross. You can't teach about Christianity unless you include the very center of its message that Yahweh, God, died on the cross and rose from the dead for our sins. And I pray that we will keep that central in our worship, central in our lives, central in our teaching and preaching. We're continuing our series in the book of Philippians. I'd like you to stand with me as we turn to the second chapter of the book of Philippians. In chapter 2, Paul the Apostle begins to sense that there are problems on the horizon for the church, a a division, a conflict. And so he wants believers to apply the mind of Christ, the attitude of Christ. And he goes to theology to find an illustration to tell us how to live. And he goes to the very center of the Christian message, Christ. And he takes from the kenosis, that means Christ emptying himself, coming from heaven down to earth and taking the form of a man and and dying a horrible death on the cross for us. And he says, here's how you live that out. Here's how you express it in your relationships with one another. Philippians chapter 2, beginning to read in verse 5. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, 
And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. And became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, curious, to the glory of God the Father. What a powerful passage of Scripture. Let's pray. Lord, would you speak to our hearts? Would you change our hearts so that in every way we will be more like Christ? May the mind of Christ be in our mind. May we think his thoughts. May we live like him in this present world. May the attitude of Christ be reflected in our attitude towards one another. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Many of us in life have different roles. You walk into your house and you put on your hat as a husband or a wife, as a a parent. Then you go out and perhaps you're involved in one of your children's sports activities and you may be a coach, so you put on the hat of a coach. Then you go to work and then you put on your worker's hat. Sometimes we treat Christianity just like that. We come into church on Sunday and we put on our Christian hat. Well, in the house of the Lord, all hats are off. God doesn't want you to put on a different hat when you walk into his house. He wants you to put a different heart on. He wants you to have a brand new heart. Another way of saying it is this. We might see the world like one big stage and we're all actors or a a movie. And we perceive ourselves as the featured star of the movie. God says, no. There's only one star in the movie. He's the bright and morning star, Jesus Christ. Uh, You're all supporting actors. And where to gather around him and lift him up and follow his example. So he, Paul, looks at the church and says, have the mind of Christ in your fellowship, in your church. And then he illustrates the mind of Christ. He's telling us, be like God. What is God like? Our God is humble. Say it again. Our God is a humble God. Came down from heaven's glory, the eternal almighty one. If you and I were on the committee where he should be born, what his entrance into the world would be like, we might pick Caesar's palace. Or perhaps the high priest's home. Some important place of prominence. But God chose a couple in poverty. 
chose a place of obscurity. Christ is humble. He came down to earth and then he took upon himself the form of a servant, a slave, so that he might serve us. He he came down and then he came down again. He hung on the cross and he died the death of a criminal. No Roman citizen could die that type of death. It was a horrid death that Roman citizens were excluded from. But Jesus died a horrible, horrific death. Christ came down in humility. But Paul didn't stop there. Paul continued. He showed us how God lifted him up. In fact, Jesus told us, he said, for anyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. James, the Lord's brother, said it this way, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. So humility is the way to bring the mind of Christ to the body of Christ, to bring bring peace to our home, tranquility to our family. I want you to look at how God exalted Jesus because the passage that we're going to focus on this morning is verses 9 to 11. And I want you to see the contrast between his humbling himself and the Father's exalting of him. You notice that first, Jesus receives the exalted place. The exalted place in verse 9. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. In the Greek, it gives the idea he was super exalted. Now, how did he exalt him? What is he referring to? I believe here, Paul is echoing Isaiah chapter 52, where you have the prophecy concerning Messiah. These verses are an echo of the prophetic word concerning Messiah Messiah given by Jesus. And it speaks of his resurrection. He was exalted by the resurrection. In verse 32, Peter the apostle is preaching and he says, God has raised this Jesus to life. And we are all witnesses of the fact He's preaching to the Sanhedrin in chapter 4, Peter, and he says this, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. They tried to kill the prince of life, but they couldn't. The grave couldn't keep him. Death couldn't hold him. The devil couldn't keep him down. And he was raised from the dead. What a blessed hope that is for you and me to know that when they put the dirt on the coffin and they say, dust to dust, ashes to ashes, you're coming back. You're coming back. If you know Christ as Lord and Savior, you're going to come out of that grave because Jesus said, because I live, you too will live. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me will never die. 
this past week, Monday morning, around 11 o'clock, I went to the VA hospital. And I visited one of our parishioners, Frank Roberts. Frank has been a part of Faith Assembly of God from the 70s. Would work and serve in the kitchen and prepare meals. And just a wonderful brother who was dramatically changed when Jesus Christ took a hold of his life. You know, God touched him. He was an alcoholic. And one day he said yes to Jesus, and the next day he stopped drinking. One day he said yes to Jesus, and the next day he crumpled up those pack of cigarettes, and he said, I never went back, I never turned back, I never looked back. Because if any man be in Christ... Behold, he becomes a new creation. And Frank was transformed by his salvation experience. Frank began to talk about a vision he had. I said, Frank, you mean a dream? He said, no, 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 Pastor, I mean a vision. I was sitting there. I saw it. He said, it was like you're sitting before me. He said, I had a vision of hell. I could see the darkness, the despair, terrible plight of the damned and he said I felt like I was being pulled down to hell he said I felt wrapped in chains and I was going down and then the chains burst open he said I realized why I was free because he said I realized that those chains were unforgiveness and that I was to forgive. And then he said to me, he also had a vision of heaven. He said, I went to heaven and it was beautiful. He saw a beautiful gate. He said, I walked to a mansion and there were three people and they looked like family members. I couldn't quite make them out in the dream, but they reminded me of my family that had gone on before me. And he said, I saw angels. And in the fields, there were children playing. And it was so beautiful. And I, and I reached down and I looked and there was a street of gold, pure gold. You could see through it. And I picked up a piece of that and held it in my hand. He said, it was wonderful. And all he could talk about was heaven. Now, Frank looked very good when I met with him and he was joyous and his countenance was bright and he was talking about going home. But just a few days later, I received a phone call that Frank had gone home to be with Jesus. We were surprised. And so suddenly he died. We were expecting him to come back home. But I'm thankful that Frank Roberts is in the presence of Christ, that he's in heaven. The resurrection of Jesus is your promise that you too will live, that if you believe in Christ, you will live forever. And so Jesus was very high. He was exalted to a high place. The grave couldn't hold him but he ascended to heaven also. 
And I believe it's referring to that. In Acts 1-9, the disciples were gathered and they were asking, what's the last days going to be like? And they're all concerned about the second coming, which is a good thing to be concerned about. But Jesus, right in the midst of them, he begins to go up into the air. He begins to ascend to heaven. And they're watching him. I mean, He's going up into the very heaven of heavens until they can't see him anymore. And they're still looking. And the angels appear. And they said, he's going to come back in the same way he left. God the Father lifted him up. He raised him up from the grave. He lifted him up and received him into heaven. In Timothy, it says, 1 Timothy, without question, this is the great mystery of our faith. Christ was revealed in a human body, vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, announced to the nations he was believed on throughout the world, and taken to heaven in glory. Uh, It doesn't end there. Uh, He, you see the exaltation of Christ that he is at the right hand of the Father, the place of power and authority. In Acts chapter 5, 31, you see the exaltation of Christ. We've looked at the resurrection, the ascension, and the exaltation. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. He's at the right hand of the Father. This mirrors, echoes the prophecy of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 52, verse 13. It reads, Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. That means wisely. This is Isaiah's prophecy. Whatever Jesus did, he would accomplish the divine purposes for which he was sent. He will deal wisely, prudently. He will be exalted. That's the resurrection. He will be extolled, the ascension. He will be very high, raised to the right hand of the Father. Now, some would say that Jesus was God, and he was. He was in the very form of God, the express image of God, before he came into this world. Well, it doesn't mean that he was exalted, he was high. I I, I would define it this way. Years ago in India, the Prince of Wales visited one of the cities. And the people in that city were enthralled with this good and kind and generous man. He made some speeches and they listened to him. And as he was leaving, crowds from the city gathered to send him off. And as they were there, the prince noticed a young boy by the railroad tracks in a dangerous place. And the prince ran over, scooped up that boy, and put him on the side in a place of safety. And the crowd just began to shout and cheer him. See, he was exalted in their eyes even more than before when they saw his actions. We understand that the God of the Old Testament is shepherd. Our Savior is called the Counselor, the Prince of Peace, the Mighty God. But in his death, in his kenosis coming to this world, we have seen the heart of God. 
which is so gracious and good that he would reach down and embrace sinful humanity so he could take us back to heaven to be with him for eternity. He is very high in our estimation. We have seen this one who is a lover of our souls, who is willing to sacrifice everything for us. And so he is in an exalted place. He also has an exalted name. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 to 11, again, gave him the name that is above every name. Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, as you read the Greek grammar, what it's saying is that exalted name is Lord. Curious. That's in the Septuagint. That's the Greek translation of the Hebrew scriptures. Whenever they came to Yahweh, they would translate it, Adonai, curious, Lord. Because the Jew was very careful about mentioning the name of Yahweh. In the synagogue, they would refer to Yahweh as Lord. Christians gave Jesus that title, Lord. He is the God of of the Old Testament. He is the one who spoke to Moses in the burning bush. He is the one who led the Israelites through the desert. Names in Scripture are significant. They're not given arbitrarily. The Associated Press years ago talked about a young girl in London, in England, who was given 139 names. Parents wanted to do something different. So uh, the name went uh, something like this. Tracy, Marcy, Claire, Lisa, Tammy, Samantha, Christine, Alexandria. Oh, you get the idea. You know, 139. But the names of Jesus are significant. And the name that's above every name is the name of God himself. Lord. He is the God of the Old Testament. Make no mistake, he is almighty God. He always was and always will be. He is the eternal existing one. He's not a created being. He is the creator. I, uh, I think of Acts chapter 10 and then Revelation uh, 36. We'll put those verses on the screen. It says, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Revelation seventeen fourteen. They will make war against the Lamb, but the Lamb will overcome them because he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and with him will be called his chosen and faithful followers. So we acknowledge Jesus as the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. In the crown room in the Tower of London, uh, there's diadems from the British monarchs for eight centuries. All these crowns worth maybe a billion dollars or more. Jesus is going to wear all of those crowns. Casting our crowns at him. When we say, 
All hail the power of Jesus' name. We're recognizing that he is king of kings and lord of lords. Uh, We're not just giving him lip service. We're saying that he's the lord of our life. He determines our future. He determines our destiny. He determines our decisions. We make our decisions on the basis of who he is. We're so glad you joined us again today for Building in Faith Radio. Dr. Ed Jones has been working through the book of Philippians, where we're finding encouragement in the hard times, as well as practical guidance for living as we seek to follow Christ. If you're looking for more encouragement along your way, look online at buildinginfaithradio.com, where you can find additional messages from Pastor Ed, as well as information on the church behind the ministry of Building in Faith. Faith Assembly is located in Poughkeepsie, New York, and we'd love to see you at one of our weekly services. We gather together Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. to worship together and learn more about walking with Christ. If you're searching for a place to learn more of the Word, there's also a Bible study Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Call us anytime for more information at 845-462-5955. Again, that number is 845-462-5955. Or visit buildinginfaithradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Faith AG2. We'd love to take time to pray for your prayer requests or answer your questions, so join the conversation. Regardless of where you are, we encourage you to find a church home and a body of believers you can grow with. We've been so glad to have this time with you today. Pastor Ed will continue teaching through the book of Philippians, so be sure to come back for the next edition of Building in Faith Radio. Your word